following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Saturday, July 24th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 2. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from Oxnard, California. It is Day 3 of Training Camp 2021 that is presented by American Airlines. And I'm here with Dave and Nick. We're talking Cowboys football with you guys for the next 45 minutes. Uh, Today will be the Cowboys' third practice. That will start at 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'm sorry. Second when practice that off of day three. It was yes. weird. It Second was real practice. weird. But, you know, it was interesting because yesterday uh, Mike McCarthy talked about kind of his rationale there, and he said it's the first time he's ever given um, a day of rest after only one practice. But after kind of seeing how the team was kind of responding to it, he said he'll probably stick with that going forward. What do you guys think? Is he going to have a choice? I mean – is that his choice to, to stick with I think how he, how he arranges it, I think, is his choice. Yeah, I don't think you that – You could tell by Kellen Moore talking and him talking that, you know, they're, they're being careful with their words because they know this is an NFL PA type thing, but, I mean, they don't love it. Uh, that, you know, it's just stop, start, stop, start. It's going to be like that all of camp as well. But, yeah. um, but you got to be smart on, you know, what, what the off day is. It's not a practice, but it's not necessarily an off day. They're still doing something. I did think Mike, and I agree with that, but I thought Mike made an interesting point that I don't know that I'd ever considered, but, like, there's a lot of anxiety that goes into this. Maybe not for your stars and the guys that have done this a million times, but a lot of the guys on the roster don't fit that description. You're fighting for a job, fighting for a roster spot. A lot of them never been in the NFL before. Totally get that. So maybe it's uh, maybe it is a good thing to, you know, you get your practice under you, you catch your breath and say, all right, I'm here, situated in my hotel room. I've been on the field. I got this. I know where the meeting rooms are, and now we can go. Having said that, it is going to be kind of herky-jerky because I think we do we do two in a row this weekend, and then they're off again. It's So it's, it is not what it used to be, but that's well probably a good thing for player the, health. What's the difference between the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NFL regular season games? I mean, it's the fact that. There's a bunch of them, mm-hmm. you know, and the NFL is like there's only a few, and a couple can change your whole season. I think the same can be said with practice. There's only a few of these practices. There's 13 practices, you get four preseason games. So that's 17, 18 times you're going to get a chance to go out there and put something on tape. I mean, that, that means everything. This isn't just a throwaway practice. Every rep, every play is a, is a big deal, especially like Dave's talking about, those younger guys. Yeah, and building them up a little bit to, to get them prepared for a long season. I, there actually is a method to this. If you look at how they arrange these schedules in these off days, you have one practice, then you have an off day. Then you have two practices. Then you have an off day. Then you have three practices. Then you have an off day. Um, it's almost as though they're kind of building them into the repetitive motion of getting their bodies back ready to be able to compete at a high level on a day-to-day basis. And that's not a bad thing, Dave. You and I were talking before the show started about running. It's the same thing. Yeah. When you're building your body up, 
the worst thing you can do is just jump right in and go all in for, you know, seven days in a row. You kind of want to build yourself back into it to get yourself ready to go. And that's my slow ass jogging down the street, not playing NFL football. Either way, so, yeah. either way, the no, concept is still the same. If I can ruin my body doing that, then I, yeah, then right. they need to be as careful as possible. Right. All right. So they did have their first day of practice. Uh, and I wanted to, to give some, some opportunity for you guys to give some impressions uh, from what you saw. If there was a particular player or moment that stood out to you, good or bad. I'll start with you, Nick. Well, I thought um, there was a, a, a couple of drills, especially the seven-on-seven. Seven. I, I thought that the cornerbacks were very active with their hands. I felt like a lot of the balls were getting ripped out, poked out, knocked away, some even intercepted inbounds or out of bounds. But um, <laughs> as Trayvon and, and Dak, and, 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 that, and by the way, that's going to be a good one. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, I think, is, is, has a chance to really – be a guy that that could he could be a star in, in the making because he's just so competitive. You got to remember he's been chasing his, his older brother his whole life, you know, which which everyone in the league is trying to do too. And so uh, that's you know I think helped him here. But I thought it was Nation Wright, Anthony Brown. Um, there was a, maybe a, a couple other corners. I thought Jordan Lewis had a nice. But it was just all like in a seven or eight play spam. It was every play was like defensive back ripping the ball out, making a nice play. So. Um, that was one, and one. I thought the defense was better than the offense in in some of those drills. There. Do you hear what Dan Quinn? Did you catch what he said about Trayvon Diggs yesterday? I really enjoyed it. But he said he was like, when he catches the ball, you don't hear it. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Nat- he's natural. Like he's not fighting it. He's not making a big production out of it. It's just. <laughs> And I, I just I thought that like was, a receiver. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was fun. First um, of all, Dan Quinn's not going to get on the mic enough. No, for, for real. Love man. his press conferences. For real. Love his press conferences. Um, you learn something. He's yeah. interesting. I, I love his press conferences. I've never seen anyone just naturally throw in cuss words. My, my, my six-year-old my son guy. is working on that. But, but, my kind of guy. <laughs> but, yeah, but for, I mean, he just naturally throws in these cuss words. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it it is. Really is. He's good. He's really good. Um, it's easy to focus on him because of who he is, but – I'm having a hard time not getting excited about Micah Parsons. And I say that as I'm going to keep saying it. I would have picked Rashawn Slater. I was not 100% on board with the pick. So I'm not the Micah Parsons fan club leader here trying to tell y'all to be excited about this guy. But it's hard not to watch him and get excited, man. Like, they're doing they're doing a lot of stuff with him. Mike McCarthy said yesterday they probably did too much with him because they're probably excited too. He's lining up in a lot of different places. Um, you know, there was a video on Twitter. He apps and it's non, it's unpadded. Got to remember that. I get it, but he zipped right around Lyle Collins on a rep, on a rep in 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 like the individual, just fundamental stuff. Uh, his closing speed is so impressive. Again, you know, not even tackling people, but just his angles and the quickness with which he gets to the ball. I I cannot wait to see him and actually play football because he's not doing that yet. Like yeah. we, he hasn't worn a pad yet. I can't wait to see what it looks like when he does. Well, and and, and I think that naturally, uh, he's he's only going to push the guys around him. And, and I think Keon O'Neal is doing it too. That mm-hmm. guy is 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 a he pro, had a big a play. Nice um, play. If if Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith um, don't step up their games just because of it, then then they're not suited for this team and probably even this league. And I think that they will. They have they. This is contract years for both of them. Say what you want about Jalen yep, Smith. I think yep. we all know it's a contract year for him. Keon O'Neal as well. Michael Parsons is the only one that's got a little bit of 
you know, he's going to be here for a while, obviously. But still, he's a rookie, and he's jumping at the bit. So I think all of those guys pushing each other. Jabril Cox will jump into the mix here. I mean, this has a chance to really be a great unit. And I'm hoping Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh kind of rise to the occasion. I, th I think that they will. One guy I'll throw out there that I noticed, and I wasn't even looking for him, but noticed him quite a few uh, times, was Randy Gregory. I was actually looking at the offensive tackles because I really wanted to see how they look coming back. Again, not in pass, just wanted to see how they're moving. I uh, was looking at Lyle Collins some, was looking at uh, Tyron Smith some, and ironically on some of those plays I was watching them, Randy Gregory sw swiped right around them. And I, I, I go back to you know uh, Dan Quinn's uh, press conference yesterday, and he talked about his rare ability to bend, and it makes it tougher for those bigger tackles to be able to get a hand on him because he can get around that edge and bend in a way to where it makes it very tough for them to get to him. And even the day before, we'd been hearing all these reports about, you know, Randy even had a statement about how he felt like last year he, he kind of got looked over a little bit. Dan Quinn doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Seems like he's all in on figuring out how much and, and how to effectively use Randy Gregory and is excited about using him this year. Yeah, um, we got a chance to talk to Randy. He was going to, up to the front to get some pizza you know he's not the only person that sometimes decides to get his own food and not not the food here provided but Dave. but um how dare you <laughs> <laughs> but he was talking about dan quinn uh randy was and he was said that's my guy you know and yeah. it's like we've been here for a little bit he's like, but that's my guy he said because he said he is the perfect coach for what you want he gives you praise he will get right in your face i don't think he said face but yeah. he said you know he, he'll he'll tell you you know when you have to he goes and that's exactly what you want because players want that they want that as long as it's, if it's justified and you can see it. He's like they want they want that, and you know he said he he has a perfect complement mix of that of being able to you know be your guy, be on you know your side, but at the same time like look at this, this was you know horse, <laughs> like, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Horse or Again, dropping or, those words at the say, right place, Dan right time. Dan would have just said it. He said it three or four times. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I don't even think but he said it in such a nice way, right? He, he just says it in a way where you're like, oh, it's okay. Just, yeah, it's not really a bad word the way you say it. I thought it's I was fine. talking to Dave. You yeah, know, just like, this rolls off. <laughs> All right, I did want to talk a little bit about some news. Yesterday, we started hearing reports that Malik Cooker uh, is possibly being flirted with as a possibility to come in here, uh, safety. Um, Talk to me about what we know at this point. Maybe we know nothing, but what we know at this point, and and if if he is coming in, what is how do, how can he help uh, on this team? Well, we knew there was interest. I mean, this isn't the first time they've talked to him. They brought him in in March at the same time they brought in Demonte Casey, and they they signed Casey. And from the sounds of it, they wanted to see a little bit more from Hooker in his rehab. Maybe he wasn't as far along, uh, so they're bringing him in. It's not a done deal, but it sounds like as long as the medical checks out, it will be. Um, I'm in favor of it. I don't have a problem with it. I, it's We talked about this yesterday. I, the timing is just kind of weird to me. Like, I, I guess maybe maybe if they just weren't sold on his Achilles and they just they wanted to see it progress a little bit more, maybe that makes sense. But, you know, they had a long time to sign him. And we like we haven't been at camp long enough for them to know. They've had one practice. Like I doubt they just decided like, oh, these guys suck. We got to get somebody else. You know. Yeah. So it's just interesting in that regard that you know they could have done this two weeks ago before they flew out here. But again, I'm not questioning it because I think it's a good idea. It's just weird timing to me. Well, yeah, and you know he's got to pass five tests. You know, so that's another part of why. You know, maybe they could have done this a little bit earlier right. because that means he's going to miss some some time. So if they're going to do it, they better do it. 
and start that clock. And I'm not sure that they haven't already. I'm not sure if it's five tests after you sign or just five tests since you get yeah. here, five in a row. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the, the whole deal with that. Uh, I do know this. The fans like what they see and have seen out of Donovan Wilson. Uh, he makes plays. He's made plays since he preseason. Since he got games. here, yeah. Yeah. Um, they like him more than the coaches do, is my opinion. I'm not saying the coaches don't like him, yeah. but they are not as, as sold with him. I think I think there's coverage issues there in the back end. I, I don't want to compare him to Roy Williams, but I think it can be that sometimes when you see big hits, you see big plays from the safety position. And, and another thing, Dan Quinn, he really did a nice job of talking about because and how important that position is with communication and all that. Not knocking Donovan Wilson, I just don't think the Cowboys are as – Comfortable with him making plays on the back end, as as yeah. some of the I think the fans I think are. the average fan has Donovan's name written in Sharpie, mm-hmm. and the coaching staff is like, yeah, pencil maybe, pencil. yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but it is interesting because Donovan Wilson to me is he's the box guy. I mean, he's yeah. your strong safety. He's the thumper. He's not a coverage guy. That's not his game. Hooker is, Hooker's a free safety. Hooker's coverage all the way. That's his thing. He was a ball hawk in college. That's what got him drafted so high. And Casey, too. Like, Casey doesn't have the frame to play in the box. Right. I'm not, I think I said this in the spring. I'm not exaggerating. DeMonte Casey is not that much taller than me. Like, he's, he's not big by NFL <laughs> standards. Right. Um, so that's, it's interesting because, you know, I don't think Malik Hooker is – competition for Donovan Wilson because I just think their roles are a lot different. So if he does sign, um, that's it's just this, interesting because I think you've probably got a competition between Casey and Hooker to see who's going to be that free guy. And that's the part that also con- like I'm wondering about because, again, this is a this is a team that we expect is going to play a lot of cover three, uh, a lot of single safety high. The expectation is that they're going to legitimately have a guy that stays back and a guy that's up closer to the box. And my thought was, DeMonte Casey is their guy. Like, they brought him in for a purpose. And since he's gotten here, he's certainly from our expectations, I think we've all talked about how he's exceeded that, just the fact that he's actually on the field. And to be to come back from that injury that quickly and be out there playing, the expectation is, okay, they're getting what they kind of wanted. So to bring in another guy, it makes you makes you question just a little bit, right? Although, it, well, like I said, I think the timing's weird. Like, you know, they could have done this anytime between March and and before they got out here. But I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth because, like I said, I think this is a good thing because this is a debate that we have with the fans every summer where they're like, "Why don't you go get Hooker?" And we're like, "Well, they have Casey," mm. and it's like. Is Demonte Casey good enough? Like you're just like we solved our problems. Right. We're good to go. No, and and Malik Hooker shouldn't break the bank to the point where you can't get both. So throw them both out there and see what you got. So I think I think the timing is weird, but I very much appreciate that the Cowboys were like, yeah, why not just go get a former first round pick and see if he's better than what we got? I think it's a great idea. I think the safety position is one where they are completely throwing stuff at the wall. And looking at what sticks at this point, they you should. Know? Which that's, that's all they can do at this point. If you're right? not going to draft one, you might as well do what you can. Try to sneak in and get yeah, a which former this first is, rounder. It is. It is. It's Will McClay 101. You know, first round pick who can be had on the cheap. Who maybe you can help him revitalize his career. We'll see what happens. All right, we're if, gonna, if he signs. I guess we don't even yeah, know yeah, for sure right. that's going to happen. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, coordinators. They all spoke to the media yesterday, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, and John Fossil. Uh, there were some interesting things that each of them said that we'll go through. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com 
Radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black right now you can get the jack black starter a curated collection of cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping the starter includes four jack black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word team jb that's getjackblack.com slash cowboys the jack black starter 10 bucks free shipping honey big news gary are you okay oh i'm not gary anymore i'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Don't miss the Cowboys Back Together event on July 31st featuring live music, exclusive merchandise deals, prizes, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash training camp for more information and practice times out here in Oxnard. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Live from Oxnard, California, day three of training camp 2021 presented by American Airlines. Let's talk about the coordinators. Yesterday, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, and John Fossil took their turns with the media to uh, discuss varying, various topics. Um, so we're going to go through here a few things I, I heard from each of them that I wanted to get your your um, your thoughts on. Kellen Moore talked about Dak. Uh, he was asked the question about Dak rushing after the injury, and uh, his response was, it would be foolish of us to take that away from him. You guys agree with that or disagree, or do you think that maybe they should at least consider the possibility of altering how they use him, maybe less called runs, or do you think, yeah, you stick with what it is, it's football, the chance of injury is always there, you got to keep doing what you do? What you just said, yeah, it's football, and, and it is a crucial element of Dak's game. He's never going to be Lamar Jackson running for 800, 1,100 yards a year, but he needs that, and I, you know, I think the stat is, I mean, he's he's among, if not the league leader in, like, red zone touchdowns as a quarterback. I mean, he's, he just brings an element that opens things up, not to mention his ability to scramble and make plays on the move. I mean, half or more of the best plays of his career are when something broke down and he scrambled and made something happen. He, I mean, he's just got a knack for it. Not to mention, he, I mean, what, this is, he's played five years of pro ball. He was a three-year starter at Mississippi State carrying that offense on his back, carrying the ball 500 times a year for them and never got seriously hurt. So, no, I wouldn't change anything about the way Dak plays. I mean, Paul George still jumps, you know. 
He still makes plays. I mean, I'm sorry to say it. He had one of the worst injuries you've ever seen or not seen if you're like me and look away. You have things <laughs> like that that happen, and you, and you have to come back. To your point, like I forget that that ever happened right. to Paul George. Like right. when he was kicking ass in the playoffs this year, yeah. not even thinking about it. Yep. Um, you know, it's just it, like Dave said. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he might be closer to that than he would be Aaron Rodgers. You know, and I don't want to get into all that. I mean, Dak is a complete quarterback. He he really is. Yeah. Because um, because he 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 throws the ball, runs the ball, all that. But but what makes him special is that he's got that knack to kind of go get it and, and find, you know, you know, get those extra yards and carry people in and flip over the top and all that and fearless to do whatever it takes. And so you take that away from him, you're taking away. You know, if you take that away from him. Then he becomes that three-star recruit that that no, not everybody really wanted, or that fourth-round pick that not everybody wanted, because they're not me- measuring what's really on the inside of him. And the stuff that's on the inside is someone that's going to say, "I'm kicking ass. I'm going to run your ass over, or flip over you, or do whatever it takes." You're taking that away if you if you don't let him be Dak. And that and the the play where he hurt his ankles is so freak. You know, I mean, he's been tackled so many times, and that's. He got he got mauled in college. Like if you like, just like he he's a one man show going against Alabama. And don't tell me that's the like that's too different than the NFL. Like that was Jonathan Allen and mm-hmm. yeah, those guys are in the, the guys that are in the NFL <laughs> right. right now were yeah. just teeing off on him. And he didn't have Tyron Smith. Yeah, he didn't right. have those guys. Yeah. He might have had like one other NFL player on those teams. Yeah. Um, and he was fine. I just. I don't, you know, you can't, you can't live in fear. Scared money don't make money. Let them play. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something a little fun here. I'm gonna take a little offshoot. This was not on our rundown, but it, I, as you guys were talking, I was reminded of this. I was watching uh, ESPN yesterday, and one of the guys on there who I'm not a huge fan of his anyway. So, I'm, and I'm only saying that. I'll tell you why I'm saying that. But um, he he made the comment. He said, "I think Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones have the exact same skill set." And I, again, I'm not a big fan of it. So my first reaction was, "You're dumb," and and so it, I don't know if I said that because I already don't like his brand of of commentary, or if it really was a false statement. But as I started thinking about it, I was like, "Could this be true?" And I'm just not giving it enough credit because of the person that said it. So I wanted to get your opinions. Do you think that's a that's a fair statement to say that they have similar skill sets? There's a lot of there's a lot of good people doing work at, in the national media. I'm not just I'm not saying all media sucks, yeah. but like just some of those guys are just so stupid. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. Here. And 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 Daniel Jones is a good athlete. Like, yes, he's a very good athlete. He's, yeah. he's the classic like sneaky athletic, which is just a nice way of saying he's white. Yeah. Right. Kind of like Joe Burrow. Right. Um, he had to just get that part. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, but no, people said it about him all yeah. through that season and and during the draft process. Like, Daniel Jones is a good athlete, but I mean, come on. He played 14 games last year and threw 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He didn't crack 3,000 yards. Like, Dak, Dak was comparable to that in five games. Come like, and need we bring up the the highlight of him tripping over his own feet with nobody around him? Nick was just talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know. Dak is throwing Josh Norman out of the way in the open field and flipping over people to win playoff games. Like, shut up. That, no. And Daniel Jones is a good athlete, but he doesn't deserve to be compared to Dak at this point in his career. Well, and I think, you know, skill set. What, what is that? What, what are we really saying here? Does he throw the ball better than, than Dak? I, I don't know. 
Maybe. I don't know. But I don't care. Like like all that, what Dave's saying. None of that stuff really matters. Can you get the job done? Can you go and take your team to the next level? Can you get from here to there without falling down? Can you not fumble the football and all that? He's not He's not there, the type of quarterback that, that Dak is. And Dak in his second year was way above what, what he is as well. So, I mean, skill set. I always think about skill set of can you go out to Disney World and be in that quarterback challenge or whatever. Okay, great. Fourth can you two, translate it? Can, yeah. can you be Which, the guy? Ironically, people killed Dak for years because he did that and sucked at it. Yeah. Remember that? Like, I think yeah. maybe David Carr beat him mm-hmm. in one of those, like, accuracy games. Like, Dak was just there to promote something, and, like, people pulled that video up for years. I don't give a damn that's, about that. Right, that's care. not what it is. That's yeah. not, you know, that's it, it, it's not about that. And so, I, skills... Who cares? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Daniel Joe, I looked it up. Like, Dan, yeah, sorry, I but that's like that's just like saying that that this guy, you know, like Kyle Korver is a better shooter than you know Kobe Bryant or whatever. <laughs> okay, maybe he could win the three point contest, but let's play. Yeah. Why don't we just put him out there and let's play and see what happens? You know, yeah. Steve Kerr was a really good shooter, but he wasn't he wasn't beaten. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan. Daniel so, Jones. Daniel Jones threw for twenty nine hundred yards and eleven touchdowns in fourteen games. Dak threw for eighteen hundred and nine <laughs> in five. Not even five. Four and a half because he left yeah. the Giants game early. So, I no stop. I maybe I'm wrong. Uh-huh. Maybe no, well no. I'm like maybe Daniel Jones is going to be a revelation and really turn the corner. But if I had to guess, I think. Four months from now, the Giants are going to look like idiots for not going after Justin Fields, if I had to guess. Mm. Well, and, and, you know, whoever said that, I don't even know who said that, but basically just trying to draw people off sides. And, Derek, you just – DeMarcus well, word that thing around the corner. No, no, no. I, the reason why is because, again, sometimes you know how it goes. There there's certain people you really respect and others you don't. Mm-hmm. And so others you don't, typically when they say things, it's easy to dismiss them. Right. And so I was like – and as I, honestly, as I started thinking about it, I thought, well – he can run the ball. He probably doesn't get as much credit for being able to run the ball as he does. We know he can throw the ball downfield. We've seen that before. He's done that pretty good with the Giants. So when you just think about it from that standpoint, those two skills, you could probably make some argument that they're comparable. I still was like, I still am not willing to go there, but I just wanted to make sure I wasn't t- thinking about this more so from the standpoint of me having not really yeah, liking Yeah, I think this. he's a terrible quarterback at all. I think he, I, yeah. you know, I think they have a chance to – to be pretty good offensively, he's going to come into his own. He's got a running back now, you know, be back, and I think that they got. He's got a good complement of receivers out there. In. We'll see how good they are with him, but I think he's got just just on the face of it, decent set of, of receivers down there. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, Dan Quinn and his comment. The first one I want to talk about. Um, he told this story about uh, a situation where they mic'd up uh, Demonte Casey. Uh, uh, Dave, tell that story and, and kind of the relevance that he was of the point he was making with the story. Yeah, Casey tipped us off to it when he spoke to the media, but he was basically saying, you know, Dan Quinn's going to come up with ways to to get what he wants out of you, and you know, he's a talkative, loud personality guy in life, but on the field, he he wasn't doing enough. He wasn't communicating. He wasn't talking as much as he needed to. Uh, and this was back when he was in Atlanta years ago, not right now. But um, so Dan Quinn mic'd him up, like not like NFL films, mic'd him up, you know, coaching staff just to sh- kind of show him what he was or in this case was not doing. And then uh, I think Dan Quinn was saying he showed him the video, which I think everybody's seen the video mm-hmm. of John Lynch in the Super Bowl for Tampa 
and you know he told Dexter Jack he would like before the play he was like we saw this on tape this is going to be that sluggo and if you're right here you're good to go and he picked it off and ran it back for a touchdown and like John Lynch was like that's that's what I, right that's what I said right uh, which I always thought John Lynch was trying to like take credit for the like he's like hey well Dexter made the pick but what anyway um but so Dan Quinn's point was you know it's not enough to say like hey shade left shade right like you, you got to talk to coach and say we you know we saw this they they tend to do this in this formation keep your eye out for that and and i think he said you know it's it's basically essential at the safety position that's part of your job Mm -hmm. and uh i think it was just really casey was saying like that's what we talk about when we say he's a player coach is that he will do that type of stuff to help you get the most out of your game and i wish that that more fans would would realize that you know just because you're a cornerback that might be slowing down you know, and, and people think, well, if you're a cornerback like that, you just, just play, you know, just play safety. Mm-hmm. You know, you're older now. You want we just move him to safety? Well, first of all, you got to be able to hit, tackle, and want to do it. And you also have to do what, what he's talking about. Understand the full Understand game. everybody's position and get them lined up. And, and it's not, it's not you know, every day where a cornerback or can, can just do that. It, it's happened. There's been some good corners that kind of shift over into that. But, you know, it, it, there's more to a safety than just being a guy that's kind of a slower corner. It's not what it is at all. Mm-hmm. Which I think Quinn also, you know, referencing the John Lynch tape, he was like, that's the championship standard. We're trying to meet that. Doesn't mean you're not going to be that from the get, but that's where you're trying to go when you understand things on that level. Yep. All right. Uh, another thing he said that was interesting to me, and this was kind of – he just kind of threw this in, but he was talking about the cornerbacks, and he said uh, there will be times we'll want to make – we'll want to match up, and he was talking about moving them around. The question was – should we expect to see the guys lining the cornerbacks lining up on the on the same side consistently? He was like, "No, I think we're going to move them around because there are times you might want to match up." It was the first time I'd really heard the the idea that that they may be traveling guys because they want to get a particular matchup. So my question for you guys is, um, do, did you get the same thing that that could suggest that they may decide to travel guys for specific matchups on game days? And if so, who's the number one cornerback you think on this team? that would match up with the top wide receiver from an opponent? Or do you expect this to be kind of something that varies based upon the skill set of that particular player, and then they match up the corner they think is best to travel with him? I don't think they have that corner right now. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I mean, I mean, Diggs, yeah, we think he's, he's, he's going, you know, forward, and he's going to be a really good player. But I haven't seen that. I mean, he got burnt a lot last year. We gave him that rookie pass because he is a rookie thrown into the fire. He's gonna he got thrown in more than what Joseph's gonna get thrown into, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but but he handled it. He kept coming back for more, and I think he's getting better. But I think Diggs' style of play is going to have a really big game, defensive player of the week type of game, two interceptions and stuff. I think he'll also get burned really bad a game too because he that's the type of player he is. I see a Janoris Jenkins type guy with him. Kind of hot and cold. I mean, just because he's going to be the risk taker. But he's going to get picks. He's going to get beat at times, too. So I don't know if, if they have a guy. Yeah. I will say and this. Okay Honestly, I prefer that kind of guy. Okay give, me, give me a couple turnovers. Give me some turnovers because guess what? Every cornerback gets beat. Right. I want the guy that is also going to, if you're going to get beat sometimes, sometimes give me the ball. Like, give yeah. me a turnover and I'll take that. I'll, I'll accept the fact that you're going to get beat from well, time to time. You'd rather have that or Byron Jones? We really didn't get beat a lot, didn't make a lot of picks. I, I want either. the guy that's going to give me some turnovers. I see. That's a tough one. I'm, Especially with an offense that's, that I expect is going to score like this one, give me some turnovers. I think I'm just that memory of Dez just 
abusing Janoris Jenkins uh, all those years maybe, ago. Maybe that's a bad example. No, I no, I, I hear you, though. Um, I mean, I would say Terrell Buckley, but, you know, most people don't even remember that guy. I was about to say, that was like... That's back in the day. Buckley gets five or six picks a game. And yeah. yeah. To be honest with you, I really... Wait, five, six a year, not a game. I was going to say, like, <laughs> that would have got fired. fired. A year. Best that game fired. ever. Um, <laughs> I really thought Dan was just talking more about figuring things out at training camp than, like, what they're going to do. Okay. He, he had a great line that I liked a lot talking about, you know, we basically got 40 days before this really starts to count. And, like, and over those 40 days, we just got to figure this whole thing out. And I think that's part of that, which I do love that, though, you know. They're gonna they're gonna move guys around. You're not always gonna be at left corner, right corner. Anthony Brown, he said he's gonna play a lot of nickel while he's here. Um, Kelvin Joseph and and Trayvon Diggs maybe as well. I think it's just about finding who does what the best, so that when you get to the season, maybe you have those options. Mm-hmm. As you know, I, right now from what we've seen. I don't even like to talk about traveling guys because that implies that you have a badass cornerback <laughs> who can do that. It's mm-hmm. like, like even you know, it's cool that these guys have the versatility. Like, I think it's valuable that AB can move into the slot, but it's like, okay, guys, we're playing, we're playing the best slot in the league. AB, get in there. It's like, oh no, like I'm, we're <laughs> terrified. That's your yeah. number one. So yeah. I think it's really just more about finding who's comfortable with what, so that you know yeah. what what you can do with them when it is time to match up against opponents. All right. Let's talk about, uh, actually, before we get to John Fossil and, and what he had to say about the special teams, which I thought was really interesting, we're going to take our final break, and, uh, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit of special teams. We'll when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. (laughs) 
stay in the know on all things Dallas Cowboys, you can sign up for email notifications for exclusive offers, Cowboys events, and so much more. Sign up via email at dallascowboys.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break, live from Oxnard, California. This is going to be the second practice the Cowboys will have out here this afternoon. I mean, I'm sorry, this morning, starting at 11 a.m. Pacific time. We will have uh, content out of that as we normally do. I'm sure Dave will have his phone on the sideline giving you all the latest (laughs) video of of practice plays. And and, uh, we'll have our training camp live, too, that we'll be producing this afternoon uh, where our writers will take a a segment of a competitive period of practice and uh, talk about it, talk about the players involved. Really good piece of content if you've not seen it before. So make sure you go and check that out on any of our platforms, DallasCowboys.com, Cowboys Mobile, or especially uh, on Connected TV. Uh, that would be Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Roku. All right, so uh, let's talk about John Fossil, special teams coordinator. Um, yesterday, he started, not not started the, the, his portion. There was actually a little part before that when we were talking about his dad. Really emotional stuff. Uh, but then we got into some of the conversations. Should that have been the first question? Um, you guys are more into the whole protocol of the media. Yeah, I, nobody I, likes to talk about that stuff more than us. That's fair. Well, no, what I'm saying is uh, you guys have unwritten rules. It's like baseball, uh, right? I mean, you guys have unwritten rules about, you know, the, the enders and all that kind of stuff, which I really don't get involved in. <laughs> I, I think the thing about it, and Jory even said it, Jory Epstein said it, you know, it's hard to, to kind of right. shift to football after that, but – you know, that's that's how the press conferences work. I Sometimes I you thought it was, you know, it's it's the first time we've seen him since his father passed away and give him a chance to talk about it. And I'd rather have it come at the beginning or the end than ask right. five football questions, yeah, right. get it's into be, it, it's and, be and then go back. Yeah. 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 And right so, enough. you know, I, I thought it was it was nice. He had some very, um, very uh, complimentary things, obviously, to say about his dad and his relationship with his dad. And so I thought it was it was well done. Uh, interesting stuff. If you hadn't heard it, you can go back and check it out. Yeah. But that being said, uh, the conversation then moved to long snappers. And I, I'll speak for myself. I was under the impression going into this offseason that it was almost a, a no-brainer that LP Latticer would return mm-hmm. as their long snapper. He'd been in forever. I don't think he was a bad long snapper. I thought he was good at what he did. But uh, they made the decision to move on to Jake McQuaid. And the question was asked about what the primary reason was for that. And, Nick, I liked your follow-up question because you asked him, so what makes a good long snapper? What, what was his answer, and how is that relevant to what he was talking about? With, or do you think it's relevant to what he was talking about with why they went with McQuaid? I don't remember the answer. And once he said that was a good question, I was patting myself on the back, and I totally <laughs> just didn't understand. No, I'm kidding. He, he, he said throwing the ball back is – that's line one, yeah, you know, yeah. Garrett would say. Everyone can throw the ball back. And seriously, watch college football. How many, how many bad snaps do you really see? It happens, yeah. but the guys that are trained gotten to a lot do better it, these years. they can do yeah. it. That's not what it's about. It's about protections. It's about understanding where the, where the, where the um, rush is coming from. And then it's also about getting in lanes. It's not just running down the field and making tackles. It's also staying in your lane and making sure across the, you know, the line that you're good. And now he's not the first one down, but he's – LP was down there enough to, you know, so you got to have some athleticism to do that. You got to have some understanding. And more than anything, did you hear what he said about what Jake, Jake McQuaid, I think, wants to be a linebacker? Yeah. Okay, he's not one. He wants to be, though. He understands. He still does reps and stuff to tackle because you still got to do it. Didn't see LP doing that. And I'm not going to throw it. You said LP was a good snapper. LP was a phenomenal snapper. He had no bad snaps in 17 years. A phenomenal snapper. Now, maybe what Fossil's trying to do and some other things, Jake McQuaid fits better. He's had him before. They both were free agents. 
pick the one that you like. And he said, I think LP has some ball left in him, even though no one has signed him. He said, I think McQuaid's got a lot of football left in him. So, you know, he went from, what, 40 to 32, Three, 33. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's what it would – but it was, it was just more to it than just – you know, because they're all going to be perfect in snaps, knock on wood. I thought that was, that last part was interesting to me. I mean, people were all curious and up in arms about that when it happened, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, coaches bring in their guys all the time. It just You don't see them fire the longest-tenured player in team history very often, but I think, you know, McQuaid's been to two Pro Bowls. He's clearly really good at what he does, and you're weighing it, and you're saying, okay, the, the credentials are similar enough that this makes sense. If you like him more, whatever, and McQuaid's 33, LP's 40. So, I mean, if you can get – and what, LP got here during Parcells? Yeah. And okay. stayed okay. through – he was here from Bill Parcells to Mike McCarthy. So, <laughs> if Jake McQuaid catches on here, he could be the long snapper for the next four or five coaches. Who He'll be running knows? this department by then. It's who's entirely next? possible. <laughs> who's next? The next coach. Um, We're going to go <laughs> – Man, that's that. – <laughs> sure. I'm uh, kidding. Kellen Moore. You know, um, let me say this. Know. Oh, and I really don't want to transition into that with Kellen Moore talk about – like next coach. I'm not saying that. Yeah. When Kellen Moore was getting talked about being the coach at Boise State, I'll be honest. I, I look at him and I don't see head coach. Why? I don't – well, I just didn't. I didn't yeah. see it. It, it. Personality-wise, standing up there all that, I didn't really see that in Mike Zimmer either, and he's been a really good coach and all that. You don't have to be a, this charismatic, you know, Jerry Glanville type, you know, whatever all the time. Yesterday, I saw it more with Kellen than I've ever seen before. I thought he had a lot more presence up there, command. I thought he was really insightful with his things. You're joking a little bit, you know, I mean, even kind of knowing his strength, knowing that he's not the going to be the star of HBO Hard Knocks, which might make him the star of Hard you know, yeah. when you do that. But, I, again, I'm not saying this is new head, next head coach of Cowboys, anything like that. I just think I could see head coaching material for him for some team or college pro, whatever. You know, I, ironic. Good. Oh, I just, I mean, the guy that brought him here is it's the same guy. Like Kellen Moore was a better quarterback than Jason Garrett, but like I, far better, yeah, far better. Yeah. But it's it's like uncanny to me. Like I wait, think, when in college? college. Yes, college. I'm talking yeah. about college. Okay, yes. yeah. okay. College. I'm saying I mean, not in the no, not in the NFL. Okay. Both okay. of them were backups in the NFL. But right. in, in college, he was far better. Winningest college quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. Had a really great Thanksgiving game. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> the way Garrett led them back against Dartmouth back in 90. <laughs> I missed that game. Me too. So. But was, I bet he did. I bet he beat Harvard. I, just, yeah. I think, you know, Kellen, you know, kind of very smart guys, know a ton about football, former quarterback, offensive-minded didn't have an amazing NFL career. Both wore 17, by the way. Knew when to get hurt to get out of the way so Dak could get in. <laughs> yeah, great point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Kellen's a little more comfortable showing his personality, but not all the way. Con- like, he doesn't like that stuff. He'll grow tell. into that, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, like, but, you know, um, you remember, you've seen the commercials that he does in yeah. Idaho, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's there. <laughs> yeah. He's got one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Reminds me of Tony. Like Romo, like yeah. that same thing. He'd show you something very different here than what his real personality. Yeah, no, was. he yeah. doesn't like to put it on display, but it's there. But I, uh, I, 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 he, he got me. He threw me off. He got me. <laughs> God, all sides. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have no idea what he just said, but I have some. I have something. Bayou Aggie is what he said. Something hey, about OU. Bayou Aggie. Program, this is going to be so much fun. A program that hasn't won something since the Bush. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
Anyway, I don't know why Texas are so excited about it? Me neither. Because we get to recruit without that being held over our heads. That's why I'm excited about it. I mean, guys Iowa lost State, your... Tech, and Baylor were given some, you know, some tough games. I don't care about that. Like that's irrelevant. What I care about is we get to recruit without the SEC being held over our head. That's you the point. lost your number one quarterback recruit to the Big Ten. It, it doesn't matter. Not the SEC, but it doesn't matter well, right we, now. Nobody the, wants to the listen big, to this. But by the way, the Big, Ten, the, Big right Ten, the, <laughs> the Big Ten is just as good. As the SEC right now, oh. as far as their reputation, nobody's saying, "Well, you want to go and play in the SEC." Or like, either one of those are comparable. You, you for don't, recruits. you don't hear the actually good program, Oklahoma, making all this noise. They're just like, "Yeah, we'll play no. ball, whatever, we'll do it." And Texas not true. is like, ah, I don't, "Not I true." Don't, Nobody don't cares about listening to you. With OU fans, so I don't, <laughs> right. know. I don't know. Anything. Anyway, get back to the Cowboys. So, what were you saying, Dave? Sorry, I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, Kellen Moore just reminds me a lot of Jason Garrett. I think is what I was trying to say. And actually, I, it was ironic that you said that, Nick, because yesterday as I was standing there watching Kellen Moore, I was thinking to myself, you know, he kind of fits the part of a, of a coach. Like, I can see him standing. He was standing there. He was taking the questions. He was fairly engaging with the questions, with his answers. I, I thought, actually, he did present for me yesterday as, a, as what a coach would be. Well, all three head of those coach. guys were up there. Dan Quinn's been a head coach. He's coached in a Dan Super Dan Quinn's Bowl. on a whole he's, other he's, level. Yeah, he's yeah. on a different level. John Fossil was an interim coach. Uh, for a couple of games, um, he's a very good at his craft. His dad, as he talked about, mm-hmm. has been a coach in a Super Bowl. He understands how that works. And Kellen Moore, I think, is on his way as well. And Kellen yeah. Moore's dad was a coach, right? He coached oh yeah, him in yeah. High coached school. him. Yeah, he coached him in high school. So you know, this is a very well-rounded uh, group of coordinators, and not just coordinators, but you know, look on the staff again. How many guys have been a head coach? I know last year it was five. This year it's it's maybe four again with yeah. uh, the been a head coach at some point Kellen Moore uh, not Kellen Moore but uh, Quinn those Fossil, three f- and Philbin, Philbin uh, McAdoo's on the staff now he's yeah. been mm-hmm. a coach so you know they they've got guys that that can you know hopefully help McCarthy if needed when you know just for different things that that pop up yeah which I'm not I'm not trying to stir up drama at all I'm not suggesting Kellen Moore has ulterior motives but. I don't think you turn down the head job at your program where you're a god to just be an OC in the NFL, you know? Sure. No, but I do think you turn it down if your expectation – and, I, yes, I agree with That's you. what he's saying. The, yeah, the one thing I will say is – I don't think he necessarily has designs on this head coaching job. I think no, he looked at it as – No, yeah. that's my point. Okay, yeah. But he's like – If you're going to get in college football, you go to Boise. Yeah, yeah exactly. Boise, that's where he went. That's exactly right. He's Boise. like – which he loves Boise, but he's like, I, I, I've got higher aspirations than yep. Boise State. And let's be clear. If this offense plays the way that we all expect it to play this year, and let's assume for a second that maybe they get with that some team success, he's going to be a hot commodity next year Ooh. as far as head coaching jobs are concerned yeah. in the NFL. If this offense is as good as it should be, he's going to be, you know, he'll be in that, you know, there's always that circle of coordinators that's, you know, it's been the enemy for forever at this yep. point. He'll be he'll be on that list if this offense is where it's supposed to be. Absolutely. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have more to talk about Cowboys. I mean, sorry, we'll be back on Monday. Tomorrow we'll be talking Cowboys. Uh, we'll have these practices today and tomorrow. We'll be able to recap those for you and give you some insight as to what we're seeing out here in Oxnard. Till then, for Nick Geatman, Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?